You know, the world right now is a really unsettled place. And for such a time as this, women play a most important role in history as peacemakers. The goal of Ladies of Liberty Sound Off is to affect the lives of women in an empowering way through discussion of important issues of the day. So, are you ready? The Ladies of Liberty are ready to sound off. Well, hello, Kathy. Hello, Becky. I want to talk about socialism a little bit today. And there are eight rules to the road to socialism that were written by Saul Alinsky some years ago. And who was Saul Alinsky? Saul Alinsky was an American community activist and a political theorist. He was quite leftist, and he decided that he would put together these eight rules on the road to socialism. So taking a capitalist society to become a socialist society. And it's kind of scary to listen to them. So I want to tell you what they are and then I want to talk about them. The first thing that you do is you control healthcare. If you control healthcare, he believed that you control the people. The second thing is poverty. You increase the poverty level as high as possible. Poor people are easier to control and will not fight back if you are providing everything for them to live. Debt, increase the debt to an unsustainable level. That way you are able to increase taxes and this will produce more poverty. Gun control, remove the ability to defend themselves from the government. That way you are able to create a police state. Number five is welfare. Take control of every aspect of their lives, food, housing, and income. Number six is education. Take control of what people read and listen to. Take control of what children learn in school. The big one for me. Mm. Number seven, religion. Remove the belief in the God from the government and schools. And number eight, class warfare. Divide the people into the wealthy and the poor. This will cause more discontent and it will be easier to tax the wealthy with the support of the poor. There you go. Those are the eight. Does anybody not think that we are headed down that socialism road in this country when you hear those eight points? Well, I think it hits pretty much everything that's going on right now. The, the control is clear and it's evidenced um, by parties. But even if you look at both, it's a, it's a you know, pull and, and push type effect that's going on. Um, and, but the control is evidenced in so many areas that you've mentioned uh, or the attempt to control. I think actually our country has been blindsided to how much control has been taken over as we are evidenced through our media. Um, so we are only allowed to hear what they want us to hear as evidenced in Obamacare with health care and the attempts to hold on to it, even though it caused a lot of financial hardship for people and couldn't afford to keep up with their premiums, uh, the poverty, the discord between different groups when there really wasn't, I think, major issues. There's always individual issues, but not major um, statewide issues. Um, and I think everyone was making attempts to make sure that everyone has equal opportunity, including having presidents of our country that are not your typical white male. Uh, so I, I think it's evidence that we're heading this way. You know, I was talking with my daughter. She's in the 
medical field. And so she goes into individuals' homes and treats her patients there. And she was speaking with a provider that handles medical equipment and actually does free medical equipment to people that cannot afford it. And she was telling me that this gentleman who is a um, Hispanic gentleman has been talking with many minorities about the situation that they are going through right now and what the African-American population that he has spoken to and the Hispanic population that he is involved with because he is Hispanic, they are finding out most recently that their rights are being suppressed by the left-wing radicals or Democrat party, and that they are finding out that many of their privileges and the things that they have been promised are not coming to fruition. They are, they are wisening up to the rhetoric from the other side and realizing that the Democrats really want to keep them suppressed. Everything that they have promised them, they are not getting. And everything that this president has put forward and promised for these minorities is actually happening. And so they are waking up to the realization that the Democrat party really wants to keep them dependent on the Democrat party so that they can control them and say that, look what we are doing, but it's actually a control and not a, pro um, a providing of services or freedoms. They're actually taking them away and they're waking up. Well, I hope that people are waking up. I wanna take the first one here, which is healthcare, control healthcare and you control the people. I mean, to my mind, I think that that is what they want to do with the Obamacare and with the um, the ACA Act. And I think that if we continue to go down that road, we're going to have a single payer system. And then you really truly do have the government controlling our health care. And for me, I really want to go back to the days where we don't have anybody between us and our doctor. We don't have all these... Um, HMOs in between. We don't have all these organizations that make decisions for us about our health care, whether you can get a treatment, whether you can have a medication. I, I just find that so wrong. My health care is my business between my doctor and I and whatever uh, that doctor and myself come up with for, for me should be the way that health care is handled. So I think that that first part of Saul Alinsky's rules to the road to socialism is very scary. And, and we're, and we're getting there and we're getting there very rapidly. We do have a Supreme court case coming up on the ACA, but that's really only a severability issue. It's not going to, as we have been told, threaten the entire Obamacare. Um, even, even if the worst case scenario or the best case scenario, depending on how you look at it, happened, uh, it would go back to the states, it would go back to Congress to, to fix. But this taking us down the road to single payer 
where the government controls things is very, very uh, scary to me. Well, I've lived in uh, a lot of different countries through the military. Um, I think we've heard news where families wanted to get care overseas in that type of entity where the government controls or the hospitals, which is probably under the government controls and whether or not financially the insurance, whether or not financially you can get the care. Um, and I don't think anyone wants to go there, but you're right. It's, it's going after the control and it's one form our health and whether we have longevity and live is a big factor. But I would also like to add to you that the healthcare and talk about the financial things that are on your the checklist uh, that included like poverty, welfare and class welfare. Uh, you know, that's another way. Now, currently, well, let's put it this way. In the past, there's, there's been this earth shaking thing called uh, the virus. And before that time, our country was financially heading in an, a, a very strong place. All nationalities, all classes of people were showing improvement in their financial ability. You could see the economy thriving, at least in our state, in Texas, where I'm located. People were out to eat. People were shopping. People were spending money because they had money. They had jobs. Now, the virus has taken a good portion of our country down, and some of our states are trying to rebuild, but you know, this left-wing radicals don't want that to happen because they're trying to make us uh, poor. They want the different class of people to feel the need to get a handout. And when you give handouts, you create lazy people who don't wanna do anything. Why should I have to work if I make this much money? And that's a control factor also. Instead of giving people pride and letting them earn, and there's no cap as to what you can make. You can go out there and become as rich as you want or as comfortable as you want. You just got to go out there and work, but then they don't have control. And we have our freedoms when that happens. When you talk about Medicare, I'm in the position now where I collect Medicare or I pay into it or I have paid into it and now I am receiving the benefits of it. When my late husband was alive and was a professor at the UT Health Science Center, the control that medical people want is to tell you how much medical attention you should receive based on what they feel is necessary. Well, what happened was they cut many of the benefits, let's just say in physical therapy, so you got two visits because of a controlled organization that said two visits is enough for physical therapy because you should be better by then. Well, what happened actually was they got less students applying to go to college because of this system because they knew that their livelihoods were going to be cut in half. So then you got students that really could not manage the academic load. And so the, the students coming in were not of a caliber that could really do the best for a patient. So after that happened about two years, the medical community came back and said, we made a mistake and we really need to expand on 
our provisions for medical care because what we are finding out when the patient doesn't get the proper medical care, such as physical therapy to rehab them to get back into society, they have to go back into the hospital. So it's actually costing us more money to not provide the correct medical care. So we're gonna go back now and we're gonna take away that other provision and say, yes, you can see the patient until you feel like the patient is better. And so Becky, this, this, this was all done by people that because they had to follow all these rules that somebody else set up and it, and it wasn't being allowed to just have the patient deal with the doctor directly in the first place, because that never would have happened. And that's the direction that we keep going. We, we, we keep having somebody else, some, some entity controlling our healthcare. And that is taking us down a road that I don't think most of us want to go. Absolutely not. And what they found out was when they were allowed to treat these patients according to their need, hospital visits were less. The insurance companies were actually paying less because they didn't have to go back into the hospital and have major care. So when you talk about controlling health care, you also also talk about cutting back the benefits of people that really need the medical care mostly. And yes, is there corruption in medical care? Of course there is. And are there people taking advantage of the medical care? Of course there is. But when you start putting everybody under a certain regimen, that's when medical care falls by the wayside and it's not medical care anymore. Sure. Let's take another one of these. Um, and I think Kathy, that you mentioned it, you know, that the debt one increase the debt to an unsustainable level, that way you're able to increase taxes, and this will produce more poverty. I look at the state of California, right now, I call it Calizuela. I look at <laughs> what they're doing with keeping all these businesses closed for this indeterminate amount of time, keeping people down, keeping their thumb on them, not letting people work. And you know, business just has been so bad for so long there. And then they talk about raising the taxes, which is going to make people that are already not making an income be more in poverty. And, and it seems to me like California is a bigger example in our country of a state that is taking their people towards socialism, which is why there's a huge exodus out of that state. And I think... Um, you know, just we, we need to be watching what's happening with these things. And we need to really, um, when our opportunities come to vote, we need to, to not vote in people that are for this type of uh, socialistic leaning, because it's, it's going to ruin our entire country. And then you take the next one, which is a big one with me, I want to talk to both of you about is education, take control of what people read and listen to, and take control of what children learn in school. I think we're going in that direction as well. Well, I think that a lot of parents don't realize what their kids are being taught at a very early age, depending where you live in our country. And so when they're teaching the belief of other religions, for example, but you can't bring up Christianity where maybe it is a community filled with Christian folks and churches, um, is, is an influence of a world order that may not be ours. 
And we don't, I mean, it's one thing to educate everyone on what's out there. It's another to push a different type of philosophy, whether it's religious, political, or otherwise. And so I think another issue is not letting the kids show, learn patriotism to our country. I think we're breaking them down there in their lack of education. Now, Texas, I've been amazed when I met someone in the military who came from Mesquite, Texas, and he was so proud of that. And I came from California and I'm like, what do you got on me? You know, we're friends. I mean, so it was all friendly conversation, but I was just amazed. Why was he so proud of it? Because back in the day, as he was raised here, it was a, uh, a big influence from the education to make kids proud to be Texans, to be proud of being American. And I think that that's being chopped away that, you know, you can't say the Star Spangled Banner, you can't take a moment of silence in school. And they're just prodding at it where the flag and, and under God and all that stuff shouldn't be said, making our kids not be proud to be who we really are. And that is the next generation as it grows. And those will be the next voters. And those will be the ones that will be more gullible to the changes that our country is taking. Well, if you look at the protesters and the rioters, they are a young group of people. They are the ones that probably have attended college recently or just graduated high school. They're very young and they're very ignorant to what truth really looks like. And so they have a, a grave disrespect for our country and what it stands for. They have a disrespect for the founding fathers and what they tried to do to create a government and to create a livelihood for people that would be proud to live in. Why do you think that is? because they're trying to change our country, because they're trying to move us in a direction of total control. The people that are actually educating these people, these children, are the ones that have embraced socialism or socialist ideologies, and they are incorporating all of that into their teaching schedules. And it starts very young in elementary school. I mean, I see it in my grandchildren. They have they come home with these ideas and I see my, my kids redirecting their thinking to know this is what it means to be an American. This is what it means to have respect. Look at how they disrespect our president. Have you ever in your lifetime ever seen a group of people threaten him and um, not just threaten him, threaten him with bodily harm uh, assassination, and nothing is done about it. The disrespect is rampant, and it really saddens me. It feared, makes me fearful for my grandchildren growing up in a country that, that I had the privilege to be an American in and was proud of. Even our last president's wife said she was, she was not proud of her country. Exactly. We will continue this in just a moment. Did you know the average person spends 26 years of their life sleeping? The real troubling statistic is that we spend seven years of our life trying to get to sleep, struggling with racing minds, tossing and turning. If you're one of the millions of Americans who need better quality sleep, 
The time to change is now. Sleep is proven to extend our lifespan, protect against terrible diseases like cancer, heart disease, and dementia, make us more attractive and thinner, feel calmer and happier, and boost energy levels, memory, and performance. Until now, most sleep supplements haven't worked, but a new easy-to-swallow sleep gel invented by the leading nutrition company Healthy Cell is designed to support all four stages of human sleep to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake up refreshed. It's called REM Sleep. To get a free two-night supply of REM sleep, visit HealthyCell.com sleep. That's HealthyCell.com sleep. Thanks for listening. You can tune in to Ladies of Liberty Sound Off weekdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at AmericaOutloud.com. So, Linda, I would like to um, move down your list a little bit, but first, uh, I think it would be important for everyone to know who my co-hosts are. I am, first of all, Kathy Lothorpe. I am a business owner. I own my own criminal defense law firm in the Dallas-Fort Worth area former law enforcement and veteran. Becky Stokes, who is also joined with us, um, basically has 49 years of being a homemaker, raising four children. I think that's very important to bring a blend of not being uh, influenced by a career. She sits back and watches what's going on. She's very passionate uh, about our country, about America and what's going on in our life. So she brings a very fresh, um, a point of view that, like I said, not influenced by her careers. And of course, you, Linda, uh, you didn't, I don't think you had a chance to say who you were, but I know you have, you have a great show. It's a, your co-host actually with your husband. It's called Talking While Married and you're a business owner, uh, entrepreneur. And so you have a lot of uh, influences from your past that you bring to the table. So what I'd like to do uh, is talk about religion as being one of the uh, things that are on the Solinsky's Eight Steps to Socialism and how they are controlling. Have you not noticed that happening? Have you not seen that, you know, it started with retails telling us that we can't put Christmas, Merry Christmas at this time of year. It's gotta be happy holidays. Have you not seen it even in the retail market where it can't be boys versus girls toys? It's just a control factor of getting us to think differently. But in reference to religion, now we're seeing it where you can't pray in schools. You can't bring up religion and different events that are public. Uh, and now with the uh, coronavirus, you can't go to church or temples or whatever religious facility you belong to. And they're one of the last to be allowed to be on the states that did come back to be allowed to um, open their doors. Um, and so I think this taking away of religion and when you can't practice religion, think about our country back in England and why, we, why our forefathers left because it wasn't about you being able to practice your religion. It was about practicing your government. They were the God of all people of that country and people were tired of it and they got on ships and left here for our freedoms. Now, many, many years later, what are we doing? Going back to that type of control and are we allowing that? Well, I think uh, 
as I recall right now, it has been 50 years, ladies, since the Supreme Court stopped uh, state-sponsored prayer in our schools. And I'm not saying that the state should be the one to sponsor prayer, but it's gone much further than that where they don't even allow prayer in many schools. Now, that is not what that ruling said, but that is how many people have interpreted it. So you see our coaches on the fields being fired from high schools for praying with their teams. And you see teachers not giving kids the opportunity to have even the teachers in the schools often don't even let the kids have that moment of silence so that they can say their own prayers. And we, we're really trying to take religion out of so many things. They want to take uh, in God we trust off of our money. They want to take God out of the Pledge of Allegiance. This is not where we were supposed to be going with that state-sponsored rule, but they've taken it to the nth degree. And when you don't have that higher power to fall back on, you know, the, it, it's like the country is taking all of the things that people have to rely on and fall back on and make it be themselves so that you're totally dependent on only your government. And that is just the definition of socialism. Well, if you look back at our founding fathers, what did they base our constitution on and our country on? They were Christian principles. There was a morality that they themselves embraced. And so they wrote their constitution and they conducted themselves as such. That is not happening anymore. You have a gentleman, Tim Tebow, that kneels on the court, on, his, on the field to pray, thanking the Lord for safety and, and for a good play. And he is ridiculed and abused and told he can't do that anymore. Then you have another individual who kneels on the field in disrespect to the national anthem. So what our country is moving to right now is an immorality. They want to take all our moral standards and throw them in the trash can and say there are no moral standards anymore. Our moral standard is what we think it should be or what we feel right now or how we want to move our country in a direction that is actually going to destroy us. We raised our four children in church. I am a Christian and I hold fast to Christian principles. And if you talk to most people that are Christians or even have a moral standard, they're pretty happy people. But then you look on the other side and you're looking at people that have decided to trash all morality and they're angry, they're miserable, and they're hateful because they've lost the basics to what our society was built on. And to expand that further, we're actually a Judeo-Christian society. Yes. And um, because obviously the Bible speaks to both. Uh, both religions of the Jewish background um, and then Jesus coming to help the people and the Gentiles into having a one kingdom under, under our Lord's guidance. So, yes. you know, it is important though to see that it's not even just Christianity, it's the Jews also that are being mm -hmm. persecuted again. 
Uh, the Ten Command must be destroyed off any government location. Um, and the uh, approach that they want to have on Israel and you know, they fear our relationship with Israel right now, and they want to make discord and get rid of our relationship that we don't support Israel. And yet that's been a precedence for the beginning of time that we would support Israel. And that's yes. important to our country, to the both Jews and the Christians that reside in our country. But we, we're not saying that Jewish or Christian background is the only way we have freedom of religion, but they're, they're attacking the strong basis of what, who America is, that Judeo-Christian belief. And so that is a threat to socialism. That's a threat to believing in your God instead of the God of government. And so they want to attack that and, and get rid of it because it severs uh, their goal to make us a one world control, in my opinion. Um, and, and this control uh, will be universal around the world. But it is, you know, we're the strongest country right now and we're being attacked right now because they could take down America, they could take down the world. That's absolutely true. You know, number eight in uh, this Solinsky's rules was class warfare. And that's a really a big subject. The, the thought was to divide the people into the wealthy and the poor, which we are really trying to do in this country. You know, there's a lot of that in talking about dividing the country. During the elections, we always see this pitting the rich people against the poor people. It's constantly saying that the wealthiest people get the tax cuts or the wealthiest people this or the wealthiest people aren't paying their fair share. It's constantly pitting these classes against one another where nobody seems to be respecting the value of the hard work that these people did to make their money, to employ hundreds or thousands of other people. And just it's always going against causing this class warfare. And they feel that if it causes discontent, it's easier to tax the people. So what do we see right now? We see the call in our country for taxing more. And California is a perfect example. New York is a perfect example. They're taxing the, the wealthy just in spades. And so is our federal government talking about some people are talking about taxing the wealthy more so we we have this constant class warfare in our country and that's another one of the paths to socialism they want us to believe um you know linda that you know money is ugly and that anyone that has it hoards it to themselves selfishly and that the poor people uh, the people that are without things don't get anything. And so the rich need to write their paycheck and give it to them. So you work really hard doing something over the weekend and you really bust your you know, efforts to do it. You get your paycheck, but you need to give half of, it, half of it away. Now, that's undermining your intelligence and your heart as to where you think your money should go. If California was an example of heading into a true socialist country where they would be helpful to people. Then you have you ever seen all the photos 
or walk down the streets of San Francisco, Los Angeles, and look after tent after tent after tent after tent, we can go on. Those homeless people were not helped in any way, and yet they're fighting for other issues like homosexuality and different things instead of addressing the issues of people that are out there, have no shelter. So why aren't they giving them the money that they're taking in their high taxes and helping people? See, people think that socialism will help them help people. And yet it's not, California is a good example of how they're not properly applying that theory. Um, so I think that the rich donates and we give them incentive through tax breaks, maybe through their own hearts, but they, they donate money to all kinds of causes where they think there's a need, not where some government makes that decision. And I think that uh, the community, the churches who are so important to this should reach out to the community, to the people of need. And, and you could teach your kids how to donate your time. And so we as a society have been helping people of need and yet, you know, they claim that we're selfish with our money and it's the government that would then be selfish with their money. Well, and if these people don't work and these, the, the capitalist type entrepreneurs don't start businesses that employ people because they have no incentive now because they're not going to get to keep their money, then where will we be? We won't have people that are helping other people and employing other people. And it also goes back to the discussion on religion where churches used to help the poor. They used to help the, the mentally ill. They used to uh, provide for them in many, many different ways through charities. And the States have stopped that. And they, they say that they can't do that anymore. So you see, I've seen the churches back off. So we've really lost a lot of our ability to help people and people won't want to work and won't want to, um, make money if they don't get to keep it because after all human beings are people that are wanting to work to make their own lives better I was going to repeat the same thing you just said and I'm glad you brought it up it does remove all incentives the fact that socialism would control everything that you have, not just your paycheck. They're going to control your properties. They're going to control how you sell your properties, how you live in your properties, what you do with your properties, what happens when you die. Your properties are going to be uh, split up according to what they think is the correct way to do it. You will have no control of any of your assets, basically. And I was reading on the tax plan for the other side, the left. And if you look at pages 40, 50s and 60s, it actually goes into quite a detail about how your tax, how you are going to be taxed as an individual making less than $400,000 a year. So you have Biden saying, I'm only gonna tax anybody that makes more than $400,000 a year, but it actually goes in how they're gonna tax your 401ks, how they're gonna tax your uh, IRAs, how they are gonna raise your taxes. If you're a business owner, they're gonna go up like $7,800 a month more 
And that's going to deplete the industry of people wanting to go and work because they're not going to be able to afford to hire more people. So it's going to decrease their production. They are going to not be able to stay within their livelihood and they will lose their jobs. They will lose their, their businesses and so forth and so on. So it's really not a direction our country would want to go and people need to educate themselves on what this actually looks like as an individual, not as a whole, because you will have two classes. You will have the government running the poor. And that's what it looks like in California. And that's why people are leaving New York. Becky, you said something that triggered something else in my mind that it was control of assets. Have you not seen the lean to, towards using only your bank cards, your credit cards? Absolutely. Places are trying to say no coins and then it's going to be no cash. Okay. And then the government has control through the computer system of all of your money, what you have, how you spend it, how they can take it. Who knows where that can go? So when you try to save your cash, you know, in a little stash under your mattress, it won't have no place to be spent. I think it's very important that we don't, as a nation, allow that to happen that convenience, but not a, a something that we surrender. That's an interesting point because we've actually gone to places and we've had friends that tell us that their cash has been not accepted, that they have to only use a card. And then if you look on the cash, if you look on the, the dollar bill, the $10 bill, they cannot reject your paper money. It is illegal to reject your paper money because it is government um, provided. It's, it's printed by the government. And so for them to say, we do not accept your paper money, they are breaking the law. Yeah, it's legal tender. Exactly. But it's going where it won't be. Well, it's going down this road, which I think that all Americans need to rethink where we're going and where we're headed and how we got here and start making a U-turn and reversing this direction. Um, we don't want to be Venezuela. Venezuela was a, an extremely rich country and doing very well as a democracy until socialism found its way there. And I've talked to people from Venezuela who had to leave Venezuela and people that were doctors, people that were very, very successful business people in Venezuela, who ended up with absolutely nothing. They lost everything. And I'm talking they lost their homes. They lost their incomes. They lost their jobs. They, they really lost everything and barely made it out of Venezuela with the clothes on their back, ended up in the US. And as I travel around the country, I'm always talking to people in different jobs and asking them, you know, how did you get where you are? And, you know, kind of a little bit about their history. And I've talked to taxi drivers in New York and other places that have come from Venezuela and have, have told us these horrifying stories about socialism. And they say, don't go there. Don't let America go there. And we need to, you know, think about that. So I think as we look at all of the Zelensky eight steps to socialism, 
what are we going to be able to do to stop this from happening? Maybe we should talk about, well, we have the military. Maybe we have our police departments that will stand in and make sure this doesn't happen. But do we? Fellow Americans, our mission here at AmericaOutloud.com is clear. We're here to defend our founding values and principles at a moment when they are under unprecedented assault. And to cover the news objectively and offer intelligent commentary on the challenges we face as a nation. You can tune in and join our family of listeners 24-7 in this vital crusade. Our apps are on Apple, Android, or Alexa. Find us on iHeartRadio or our world-class media player. It is a fight for the soul of humanity. America Out Loud Talk Radio is the voice of liberty and justice for all. Don't miss an episode of the Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. Subscribe to the podcast. And for the latest news and inspiration, join us back at AmericaOutloud.com. We're going to talk about another aspect of what socialism looks like and how your rights are being removed, and that would be the Second Amendment. As property owners and citizens of the United States, we have the right to bear arms to protect our families, our property. But in socialism, they are trying to take that all away to become a police state. They do not want you to have the ability to fight back. It is a totally controlled atmosphere and government that says you have no rights. And one of those is gun control. Now, when you start removing the second amendment from people, then you begin to have disruption in the communities. You have people that want to come in and, uh, cause rioting. And that's where our country is headed right now. They want to defund the police. Why do they want to defund the police? Because again, they want control. These Black Lives Matter individuals come in and they say they are protesting because a police officer handled himself incorrectly and caused the death of an individual. And now this is Black Lives Matter. And under my examination and my exploitation of what Black Lives Matter is, it's more white individuals that are pushing this narrative than they are Black individuals. And why are they doing that? Because they want change. Do they care if a Black policeman is killed as a result of a rioter injuring that Black policemen? No, they don't care. They only care that a white individual may defend himself as a policeman and kills a black individual, which, by the way, most of the time in my research is armed. I heard on the news a reporter go up to Biden and say, what do you think of the new police shooting of an unarmed black individual in Philadelphia. Well, that was false. That was an outright lie. I am done with calling it a falsehood or 
that was incorrect. That was an outright lie. The individual that was killed for protecting his life had a weapon in his hand. It was a knife. And he was a criminal by profession. He had been arrested many times. He was under warrants now. And he went after the police with a knife. So what this reporter actually did was try to make the narrative again that police are killing Black individuals that are unarmed. And that's what the Black Lives Matter is trying to push and promote. They are protesting and rioting in the streets, but they are doing it under a lie. Kathy, you are an attorney. What is your thought on that? Don't get me started. <laughs> well, I need to get you started, girl. <laughs> there's, no, there's so many places I can go. But let's start with the big umbrella, divide and conquer. That's what's going on in our country right now. Because these lies that uh, Becky spoke of are absolutely truthful. And I have personal experience in defending a Black officer from the lies of, of the Black Lives Matter and folks, this is not the people that are out there picketing saying that Blacks should have rights. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a group using that name so you think that's what they are, but what they're doing is trying to conquer and divide our country. And it's starting to work. I mean, the hatred between the left and the right is so great, the hatred and the, and the things that we see in our Facebooks and, and calls. And, and then, you know, it's just amazing what's going on. It's anger. And so that's how you break a strong country like us is divide and conquer. So when you're using the police officers and bringing up a black shooting, even though, and like in a case that I defended where he was so wrong, he assaulted the public servant he resisted arrest and came up with his hand looking like he was going to shoot him. And then there were two shots. The subject did live, but they didn't care what the truth was. They got to the point where they were threatening our political leaders, our district attorney's office, our mayors, that there will be a revolt, that there will be no black votes for them during pre-election and it was amazing how everyone catered to that situation at the expense of an innocent officer. And this is going on around the country right now. I know Linda, your husband wrote a book about what was going on about Black Lives Matter. And it is part of the whole plan that's gonna get us to socialism because you take away through defunding the police, you take away our arms, how the heck are we gonna stop this revolt on our country. If you hit us and bomb us from the outside, we will defend ourselves. But like the Trojan horse, we are unable to defend ourselves the way they are attacking us from within. Well, that's exactly right. You know, I have some stats that are pretty interesting. Uh, I won't give a million of them, but let's just take one city. Well, let's take six cities real quickly and just say that in this this time right now of uh, dissent in our country, we have cities like Chicago that are up uh, dramatically in shootings. And 
who's shooting who in the city of Chicago. Just in 2020 alone, 602 people have been shot and killed, not by police officers, but black on black murders with guns. There are 2,918 people that have been shot and not killed. So for a total of 3,520 shootings so far this year, mostly in just South Side Chicago. You can look these stats up yourselves. It's, it's easy to find. But who's shooting who? If Black Lives Matter cares about Black lives, why don't they care about these 602 people that have been shot and killed in the, just in the city of Chicago? In Philadelphia, murders, gun murders are up primarily, again, Black on Black, 33%. In St. Louis, they're at a 25-year high of 207 homicides so far this year. And Washington, D.C. is up 18%. Baltimore has had 250 homicides. And New York City is up 166%. Now contrast that to the, the false narrative that we are being told from Black Lives Matter and from our own media, who is totally complicit, was saying that, that the it is the police officers that are shooting and killing black people in inordinate numbers. That is an absolutely false narrative. Let's go back to Chicago where 602, uh, per, 602 people have been murdered by guns and 99% of those were black on black murders. How many people have police officers shot and killed in the city of Chicago has been five. Okay, what, look at the, the difference, look at the ratio there, and what is the true narrative? Who's killing who here? It is not the police. The police, in fact, if you want to take just police shootings, they, in fact, kill more white people than black people. So we are being assaulted every day by the media and by Black Lives Matter, saying that police are brutal and that we have this huge problem where in fact, what the problem is, is the behavior of the person that is getting shot, that is causing them to get shot. And to Becky's point, this person recently had a knife and he was approaching the officer with it and the officer shot him for his own officer safety. That is not some brutal police killing and the narrative is is wrong and then uh, to kathy to your point if they take our guns away and they defund the police and they dissolve the police which is where black lives matter wants this to go what do we as citizens how do we protect ourselves anymore i mean the people are going to start taking the law into their own hands we are going to have total chaos in this country we've got to look at where this is going and defend our law enforcement and defend our rule of law and I'm on a little bit of a tirade about this because I'm seeing, and I love your comments on all of these prosecutors and judges who are letting criminals out of jail to reoffend and to re-victimize we the people. I was just going to say, if you look at the protesters and the um, types of people that are actually protesting, they're your young, young, young adults. They basically, most of them in, in what I have seen are white. They are yelling about white privilege. They are trying to 
let you know that it's the white man that is suppressing everything. And it's, it's frustrating to me, you bring up the whole prosecution thing. It's frustrating to me that you have someone who is guilty and I would like you to speak legally on this when I get done, but you have someone that has actually committed the crime. He is arrested and then he's let out to go and redo it again. And the policeman that is defending himself and other individuals is actually the one that's getting prosecuted and made to look guilty in the eyes of the American people. It is exactly what you said, Linda. They are at this point wanting to take every privilege away from you. I grew up as a white individual. I was not privileged. My parents worked hard for everything that we had. And so I don't know what this white privilege is. If you, if you go back and look at the two different parties, where did racism start? It didn't start with the Republicans. And who was the individual that freed the slaves? It wasn't the Democrats. They fought to keep the slaves. So I don't know where this is all coming from other than the fact that it is the other side trying to gain complete control and trying to convince everybody else that all police are bad if they try to defend themselves and the individual standing behind them and all black lives matter are good because they have a narrative in which they're pushing. Well, before I add to what you just said, I would like to remind everyone, uh, ladies, that the right to bear arms was against our government initially. The purpose was to make sure the militia, if you remember our constitution, that we don't want a government takeover. We want our freedoms. And that was our right to bear it so that we can stand up to any government overtake. Now, individually, we also want our right to bear arms because we do want to protect our families and ourselves. But when you do, you're under the microscope for doing it. And police officers especially, uh, every time there's a shooting, they're fired, terminated, and conclusions are made and telecast through our media false information when they don't even have the file, they're not looking at the video, the body cams and all the evidence. So evidence to the case that I defended, that was a national case. Um, and that's where I became wise to what was really going on. We have a lot of different police officer shootings around the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And as I learned the facts, I started putting the pieces together. We don't hear enough about an officer that was shot and killed, that was ambushed. We don't even hear about that. So how, as an officer, do you walk the streets not worrying about the fact that someone doesn't even care, has no ounce of thought of that they should be able to shoot or harm a police officer. How scary for our officers. We all want police to come help us, but then we don't stand by them when they're going through this and we're defunding them and taking away added training for our times. You can't give them extra training if you don't pay for it. It doesn't make sense. Do you agree? Well, I'd like to just bring in the couple that live in Michigan that were arrested while they were defending their property. Absolutely. You, you have a group of people breaking down 
fences and breaking down gates and coming in and threatening this couple. We're going to take over your house. We're going to kill your pets. We are going to, and they tell them which rooms that they're going to take over. And then you have a couple standing there just holding a couple of weapons, defending their property. And yet they are the ones in trouble. What's wrong with this picture? Everything. Everything's wrong with this picture. And this is where we seem to be headed. And America needs to pay attention that this is a picture that's all wrong because we cannot be prosecuting the people defending themselves. And we need to hold the people that are causing the problems accountable. In Philadelphia recently, with all the looting and the rioting, the police were told to stand down and not arrest any of the looters and rioters, but just disperse them. I mean, how do you, how do you not think that that encourages people to do this more and more? And we're seeing that. You see it in Seattle, you see it in Portland, you see it in Baltimore. When they don't arrest people and keep them in jail and prosecutors they, they let them off, then we just continue this pattern of having people do this more and more and more. I want to see us go back to the rule of law and prosecute, convict, and jail people that commit these crimes to protect the rest of us. And our law was based on deterring crime, punishing for crime, and along coupled with that is trying to rehabilitate the ones that can be. Um, and we are getting away with you do whatever you want to do. It's okay. We're going to live in a society where we're going to all be in fear if it keeps going. Well, and we're going to take the law into our own hands and that is going to create chaos and chaos is what happens uh, when you're on the road to socialism. That, that is then the government's opportunity to come in and take over. Well, this is my final thought. I heard an individual on another station, a liberal station, tell the rioters and the looters that they needed to stop doing this because it's not working well for the Democrat party. If you don't think that this is a political push, then you are not watching the truth. You're not following the facts and you've got your head in the sand. You are not educating yourself as to what is really going on. This is a push by the Democrat party to put fear into people so they will can cause them to comply and control. I agree, uh, Becky, but I don't think it's now the true Democrat party. <laughs> It's something else hiding under that name, and everyone is just blindfolded to what's really happening. It's pretty scary. Well, ladies, that's a wrap. One more step for womankind. 